1: Hey, this is Jake Owen, and this is Good Company. Be in good company.
2: Welcome to Good Company, yeah. a podcast where we talk about everything under the sun, friends, good times, and life. Be in good company. Oh. Now, here's your host, Jake.
1: What's up, y'all? It's Jake, and I am back with Good Company. I can't even begin to tell you guys just the response that we've already got from this podcast starting a few weeks back I mean it is unbelievably overwhelming to hear the positive response we're getting from y'all and I'm so excited to share these small little stories my friendships with people family members I mean the the possibilities are endless where we're going with this and after the first few weeks it just feels so great uh, to know that you guys are enjoying what we're doing so, with that said, this week is really special for me because I'm really looking forward to introducing you all to someone that some of y'all that are fans of mine might have seen throughout all the years I've been on the road. My tour manager, Mr. Greg Fowler. He uh, is is not just a tour manager. He is almost like a father to me on the road. Um, he's actually the same age as my dad, and he's been out there on the road with me going on 13 years. And um, Greg uh, has been driving back and forth from Fort Payne, Alabama for 13 years. Every time we leave, every time we load up the bus to head out of town, Greg gets in his car from Fort Payne, Alabama and drives drives up to Nashville and uh, hops on the bus and heads out. And I thought it would just be really special to talk to Greg, not only about his relationship with myself, and what we've gone through in our 13 years and what he's seen me do and accomplish and what we've accomplished together, Um, but also talk to him about his previous life, uh, which, by the way, he was the guy, same guy is for me out with the band you might have heard of before called Alabama. He was with Alabama for 25 years. He tells a great story about how he he met Alabama when they were playing at the Bowery in South Carolina in Myrtle Beach, and he uh, was with them from the time they were at the Bowery to the time they went to the Hall of Fame. And, um, the, you, you can meet a lot of people in your life and I have definitely met a lot of folks, but I've never met anybody quite like Greg Fowler. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and get an old Greg Fowler on the phone down to Fort Payne, Alabama and see what's going on. Hey, Greg Fowler. Yes, sir. <laughs> there he is. There's that voice. Oh man. What's up, dude?
3: Oh man. Just trying to stay warm.
1: No kidding. You know,
3: down here in Alabama, buddy. It's a war eagle out there. War Eagle. Happy
1: New Year by the way. Happy New Year to you, man. I was telling everybody, it's funny you mentioned down there in Alabama. I was just uh intro in this this talk today and I was telling everybody how for 13 years since I've known you, you've been packing up that that car, um, the old old brownie, that old Oldsmobile and and every time we we leave on the bus and head out of town, you drive all the way up, you know, across the mountain there in Chattanooga and make your way up here to Nashville. And uh we've seen a lot of road together, haven't we?
3: Yes, we have and it's it's been well worth the drive, too, my friend. Uh all the years that we've been doing this from the early early days with the with the one bus and the trailer and 12 of us on there, you know, packed in like sardines and living together on the road a month or two at a time and sharing each other's um everything. <laughs> yep. Good and bad, but it's it's been quite a ride, it sure has.
1: Well, I can't even tell you how excited I am to uh, talk to you today. I've been so fortunate, man, to um, not only spend my time in my life with you over these last 13 years, but um, I've also been really fortunate over the last few Few weeks since I started this uh, podcast to talk to people in my life that just mean so much to me. I I started talking to my twin brother on the first podcast, and we piped in my best friend Marty Fish, who you know, and then it followed that up with my grandmother and grandfather talking about their love for each other and how they've been married for seventy years. And then uh, the la- our last podcast, we caught up with my buddy Larry Fleet, who's a great singer songwriter that um, we're trying to help out and get the word out for him, but. Um, I've been really excited to, at some point, get you on the phone. So when I called you and asked you if you'd be a part of this, and you said yes, I think there's probably nobody more excited than than me to to just kind of pick your brain and talk to you for a little bit. So I hope you don't mind, man. We get this thing kicked off and intro you to everybody out there. Hey,
3: my pleasure, and and likewise, my friend. It's, it's been quite an honor and a ride to to have been with you these past you know thirteen years, and uh, I look forward to to many more sir
1: well absolutely you're you're a good man greg fowler and i uh i want to start off by saying i'm in the studio right now with um with our buddy Keith Kaufman, who helps us put this thing together each and every week. And um, he mentioned something that I think is very important to start off with. Outside of all the, the you know, I'd already, in my intro, I mentioned how you worked with Alabama, you worked with me. But aside from all that and what you've done musically, I think what's so special about you, Greg, is the heart that you have inside of you and the way you treat people and the way that for years and years, Everyone that comes in contact with you just absolutely thinks of you as a as a buddy. You're everybody's buddy. More importantly, it's what you've done over the last 35 years for St. Jude Children's Hospital. And Keith Kaufman mentioned uh, when I told him I was getting you on the phone today that he just ran into you at Memphis at St. Jude. And I just want everybody out to know out there, and if you don't mind, kind of explain— your association with St. Jude Children's Hospital over uh, over the last 35 years and how you started that with Randy and the Country Cares Program. And I think that's super important to kick it off that way.
3: Well, thank you, Jake, and, and also to Keith, who's been, been very instrumental in uh, being a part of the, of the Country Cares Program as well and spearheaded by Terry Watson, who years back was the music director at KZLA in, in uh, Los Angeles and she came involved, became a part of this wonderful program that we have, which celebrates, you know, the hope of, of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee, through the efforts of country radio all across America. And it's just the m- most phenomenal thing uh, that I've ever been a part of and hope to continue to be a part of. I think if, if I'm ever remembered for anything uh, and in my life, I want to be remembered as being a part of, developing and helping to develop along with randy Owen, and of course the country cares program and and uh, to touch on it uh, as you said we randy and myself saw danny thomas speak in atlanta georgia uh, at the invitation of the late rhubarb jones who many people in radio know was a wonderful man and and a very he was a, a an icon as far as i'm concerned and in country radio, RuBob is no longer with us, but we were invited to Atlanta. We saw and heard Danny Thomas's inspirational speech. Uh, and Randy, on the way back, said, Greg, we need to get involved somehow in helping the kids in St. Jude. And what should we do? And I said, Well, I really don't know. And he said, Well, let's try to figure it out. Um, Danny Thomas was scheduled to speak at the country radio seminar in Nashville, at which those of you out there that aren't uh, familiar with how Country Radio's seminar works, I'll tell you. It's the biggest country um, event there is, and it's a gathering of programmers and uh, broadcasters and so forth on country radio from all over the the nation in Nashville. Anyway, Danny Thomas was supposed to speak. He got sick. He wasn't able to do it and asked Randy if he would to speak on behalf of, of the hospital. And, and and hopefully something that could be done through the efforts of Country Radio to help the kids of St. Jude. And he did. And from there, we took it on as a as a, a real cause, if you will. Country Radio responded beautifully. It took a while. The first year was not so great. We had to kind of put it together hurriedly. We did a satellite broadcast, which quite honestly didn't work that well. But we went back to the drawing board the following year, and, and it was we determined that the only way to make this really, really work was to get – Country radio involved at the grassroots level in every market. That uh, that where, where sick kids were and the kids that needed help, and 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 we did. And from that point on, it grew. And it, as of today, there's over I think there's been over 750 million dollars raised through the Country Cares for St Jude Kids program, and that is absolutely phenomenal. Done with the efforts of not only country radio and, and radio thons, which is a word that didn't even exist. Radiothon. There was telethons, but this was done exclusively with country radio. From from that point on until today, over 750 million dollars has been raised, and also, not only with radio, but also through the efforts of of the record labels, which uh, has been (laughs) we couldn't have done it without that, and also as well with artists, artists such as yourself. Young artists who have have come long since the program was started, who embrace the the cause as well, and I, and again I speak specifically as as of you too, because you have donated generously from your efforts with the Jay Cohen Foundation. You have generated and, and and contributed quite a few thousands of dollars to the to the St. Jude program and also the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And, and it just continues to grow, and I'm very excited about it. I really am, and, and it will continue to grow. And, and Randy Owen, who spearheaded the, the whole program, if you will, has, continues to do that. It's a, it's a wonderful event. We just had the annual seminar, which was attended by, I think, almost I think it was almost 700 people there Saturday night at the Peabody Hotel. And Brad Paisley was there. He performed. Randy performed. Uh, We bring in songwriters to perform. You've been there. You've been a big part of this, continue to be a big part of it. And my hat's off to you, too, Jake, Owen, for what you've done to help not only the St. Jude cause, but others as well. And uh, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of you, sir.
1: Well, I appreciate that, Greg. I, I, uh, You know, one of the reasons we call the show Good Company is um, it's— I like talking to people that are good company, and that's exactly what you are. And that's so special how you speak of uh, St. Jude. Now, for those out there, quickly, as w- since we're on that point of St. Jude, you know, uh, almost, as you said, $750 million, almost close to a billion dollars has been raised. Yeah. And, and it's not, I think, for those out there to know as well, when they hear on these radio stations each year that the the St. Jude Radio, they're on call in, be a partner in hope, be a partner in hope. You hear that over and over and over. And for those out there that might not understand fully what that is, First off, as you know, Greg, and we can share this, that the few times that we that I've been over there to the hospital and, and learning knowledge of, of how they run that place, it's run completely off of donations. A million dollars a day it costs to run that hospital. It might be more now since the last couple of years that I've been there. You know, it's not just the children that are getting the help and from the doctors and things. It's the families as well that, that that aren't understanding why their their daughter or son has this or where the brothers and sisters, you know, are getting counseling through counselors that will teach them to understand why their little brother is sick, you know, and they, they, they cover every Every possible corner that you can cover in order to make sure that these families can get back to living a normal life. With that said, Greg, I just I, I'm glad you spoke on 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 that because I think it's important out there for everybody to know uh, how important St. Jude is, but also to know the kind of heart that you have and and uh, what you've done with your extracurricular time. Because Lord knows I keep you busy.
3: <laughs> well, well. I uh, thank you, Jake. I appreciate that. And I think if anybody can speak on being busy, that would have to be you, because you you uh, you're on fire all the time, my friend. And and it, and, and I take uh, I take great pride. And I've told you this I, I, many times. I said, man, I sometimes I don't know how you do it either, because you're always involved in something, and you and you you're on you're on fire doing. Uh, doing whatever needs to be done, whether it's your career or, as, as you said, in, involved with charitable causes through the foundation, the Jake Cohen Foundation, um, whether it's golf tournaments, concerts, helping others, working uh, with other uh, artists, uh, entertainers, um, people in, in our industry, people not in the industry, to do things that, that count as well. And uh, and I take your, uh, great pride in saying that on uh on your behalf as well, because uh, you too, sir, are a champion.
1: Well, what you said is correct, Greg, when you said if you could be remembered for anything, you'd want to be remembered for doing things like, you know, being a part of St. Jude and charitable causes, and and that's exactly how I feel. You know, we do stay busy with this music career, but at the end of the day, you know, nobody's going to remember how many number one songs we had or how many, um, nobody's going to remember how many CMA or ACM awards we've won or anybody's won for that matter. They remember you for the kind of character you have, and uh, none of us are perfect. You know that. <laughs> you know that about oh, yeah. me, man. I ain't no perfect <laughs> gentleman, but uh, I wake up every day and strive to be, and I surround myself with people like you. And um, and when you surround yourself with good people and good company, that's 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 the best you can do, and strive to be the best human being you can be. So, I um, I'm proud to have you in my life, and I I wanted to to touch on your life and how I really be, got to know you, and um, we, we met each other in a studio in 2006. So yep. a, lot, a lot of years ago, I was recording my first album, and I wrote a song called You Can Thank Dixie. And yep. um, it was a great song I wrote with my friend Jimmy Ritchie and Kendall Marvel. And uh, I've always been such a huge fan of Alabama. Um, side story, we found out, you know, I, I took my girlfriend in Tallahassee 2000, when I was back in, in college, 2001 in, at Florida State University, Leon County Civic Center. And I'll never forget saving my money to go take her. Her name was Jen. And uh, we went and I had seats almost up to the top. That's the, the only ones I could afford. And uh, I could not wait to go see Alabama on the farewell tour. I remember that night and we've chatted about this. This is before I ever knew you. But I, I was up there watching the show, and all of a sudden, Randy just almost fell over. He couldn't even, he couldn't move. And next thing I know, this uh, big dude and a, and a, and a, a littler guy came, <laughs> came out and kind of got up under his armpits and walked him off stage. And for the next 20 or 30 minutes, Jeff Cook and Teddy, and they kind of took over and just played some songs and come to find out after we got to know each other, that was you on stage. You were there. You 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 took him off. Randy was suffering from vertigo at the time, yeah. and uh, you took him off. And so we we got to talk about that years later. But when I met you there at the studio on that song, think Dixie, I'd asked Randy Owen. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Here I was, a kid, never even put a song out on the radio. I was just making my first album. No one even knew who I was, and. We sent that song to Randy and said, "Would you mind singing on this and Sure enough, Randy Owen and the good old Greg Fowler showed up at the studio <laughs> that day. If you remember, I had a kidney stone
3: you did, I do remember, and we drove up in Brown Mr. Brown I drove around the- yeah, <laughs> an yep, and old Brown the Os movie, but I sure do remember it, and uh, I'd got some cuts of your forthcoming CD from uh, Mr. Keith Gale, uh, who is now Jake Owens' manager.
1: Yep, and, standing right here. Shout out, KG.
3: KG, he sent me a copy of it, and I listened to all these songs and I thought, wow, this guy is really, really good. And you had some some great stuff on there already, starting with me and, and some of the other cuts. But I thought, wow, Yeah,
1: don't forget Yee-Haw, Greg.
3: Oh, I, I won't. Nobody can forget. Yeah, <laughs> <Greg." laughs> that's another story. But yeah, I do, and I remember that. And Randy heard it too, and and he said uh, he was he loved your voice and and just the whole idea of it all. And he said, well, sure, I'd be happy to go up there and sing with old Jake. And he didn't had never met you either. And so we got in the old Oldsmobile and drove it up to Nashville and went in the studio. And and I remember you guys were in the booth together. You were
1: just that was the coolest playing. thing. We had a <laughs> microphone set up in front of each other and he was looking at me, and I was looking at him. I'd sing a line, he'd sing a line. For those out there, you can check that song out on my first album starting with me. It's called You Can Thank Dixie. I believe it's the last song on the record. But uh, I got to tell you, you know, being a fan, I mean, come on. Randy Owen and Alabama were were the rock stars of country music from the 80s all the way up until, when was the Farewell Tour? 2000. I mean, you guys had how many number one songs?
3: Uh, I think... 43 number ones, and I believe we're, I think Alabama, I was told by Tony Conway, who was also at the seminar um, this weekend, that I think Alabama is among the top five artists in in country music uh, with the most number ones all time, forever.
1: Wow. Wow. Well, speaking of number ones in Alabama songs, Greg, uh, that's another thing that people might not know about you is all the years that you rode the bus and, and were with those guys. You actually were a part of writing quite a few of those number one songs, weren't you?
3: We had a good run. Yeah. We, it, and the great thing is, and for those of you out there listening who may not know about bus life and, 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 and so forth, When you're on a tour bus, and these are those beautiful machines that run up and down the road, and basically,
1: it's a submarine on wheels, is what it is.
3: Submarine on wheels, and they are your home, as you certainly know. (laughs) It's 52
1: (laughs) feet long with 130 (laughs) foot of ego inside of it.
3: (laughs) Well, well said. But anyway, when you're on there after a show, and usually between shows, you truly don't have a whole lot to do. I mean, you can uh, you can watch you know TV, and which I mean, they're well equipped and I mean, unbelievable um, vehicles on yeah homes on wheels. But there's a lot of time when you're just you're just bored. You don't really have a lot going on between shows, and and you have time to maybe get pull out an acoustic guitar and sit there and go through songs and ideas and and write and so forth. And we did a lot of that. We did. We had times when we were pretty much just out rolling away, and and uh, we we came up with some with some song titles and ideas. And I was fortunate enough to be around some guys that were master craftsman in in writing and and so forth and performing and and i was uh, able to jump in on a few things and, and we had some success doing it
0: this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with purdue global when you come back with a purdue global degree you create opportunity for yourself your family and your future it's a degree you can be proud of a degree that employers will trust and respect
2: your perfect home, sweet home. Sure
1: did. Gary. Well, you, uh, you you're you're quite humble, Greg. But uh, Greg was a part of songs like "There's a sad-looking moon shining yeah. down on me. on me," and you uh, <laughs> you did uh, "We'll go dancing, oh, yeah. shagging on the boulevard." But my my one of my favorites, I think, that you were a part of, Greg, was uh, "How do you fall in love?"
3: Yeah, that's thank
1: you. Sir. How that do was, you say "I do"? How, so, give us a little backstory quickly on on how you how you guys came up with that idea. Well, you, that
3: you, one came about. I would written lyrics. It was really for my daughter uh, Jordan, and uh, I I thought you know she was a, a almost a teenager at the time, and I thought one day she's going to get married, uh, and I'm thinking, you know, how would it? How would it? How do you? how do you say that? How do you feel? You know, I mean, everyone feels love in different ways. And I thought I'm going to just come up with some, some lines, some ideas of, of how that would be best portrayed. And I did. And I wrote pretty much uh, 90%, I guess, of the lyrics of of the song itself. And then Teddy had, had this melody. I mean, and we hadn't even talked about any song or or anything. I just written it down almost like a poem and he had this melody with no lyrics, and we were in the back of the bus one day, as we said, traveling, you know, rolling along. And and I said, man, I got an idea. And Teddy had this melody, and
1: the lyrics
3: absolutely fit. I mean, it was unbelievable how the lyrics fit.
1: That's the how things work out. Teddy
3: had. Special yeah. songs
1: work that way.
3: And then Randy got involved and really made it, I mean, he took it to another level when Randy Owen got involved in it. And he had some of the coolest lines. You know, of, of all as we perfect, as you know, as a songwriter, you you start off in one direction and you may take it totally in another realm and or change you know lyrics as you go until you feel like you've gotten it right before you actually record it. So that's how it that's how it went down. And ironically enough, and, and fittingly, I guess, um, when Jordan eventually did get married, um, that song was part of our the father daughter dance and <laughs> her.
1: That's that is great. Directed. Wow. <laughs>
3: so it was kind of cool how it all worked out, you know.
1: Speaking of how it worked out, did you? would you ever thought you would have spent 25 years on the road with a guy named Randy Owen and then the next 15 on the road <laughs> with a guy named Jake Owen? How weird is that?
3: <laughs> not, not, well, no, and, and what's ironic about that, too, is you're Owen, O-W-E-N, and everybody wants to put an S on the end. I'm sure you know about this. Forever with Randy Owen, it was Randy Owen
1: with the S. Oh yeah. Jake work. Owens. I've been, I've been Jack Owens too. I remember we played that show in Baltimore and uh, I was on it was I was with Brad Paisley. We showed up. Yes. And uh, I looked up at the marquee. It said Brad Paisley was special guest Jack Owen. And oh
3: yeah, we <laughs> took a picture of that. Was, oh, Jack Owens. Well, Jack, you've done well, sir. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Uh, I kind of I kind of briefly told um, everybody in my intro how you you started in radio in Myrtle Beach, South yeah. Carolina. You're also a radio Hall of Famer, by the way, uh, for those out there. Yeah, you didn't know that, did you, John Anthony? Uh, Hall of Shamer. Hall of Shamer, yeah. <laughs> and uh, during that time is when you kind of you got involved in knowing the boys in Alabama. They were playing the Bowery, and right. then about that time – They were, they were, got signed and they put out that first album, which had songs like what, uh, my home's in Alabama They have, um, uh, you know, uh, why lady why yeah, all those big hit songs. And, um, they needed a guy to go out on the road with them and, and help them with, with what you're great at radio. And so, uh. You have a, had a wife and, and, and children. Uh, I think you had Jay at the time and your beautiful right. wife, Shirley, um, that not only said yeah to you then and supported you, but you, uh, you guys made, made the move. And um, and you, you, you went out on the road with Alabama and started that career with them. And, I mean, shoot, we could talk for hours about everything, you, you know, you, you did with Alabama. But I think what was special is when you told me how you, you said, I went with – I was there from the Bowery to the Hall of Fame. And that
3: was cool. (laughs) That was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's so many accolades that we could sit here and highlight that you've done. But I think to me, man, what I really wanted to talk to you about in the next, you know, uh, eight or 10 minutes that we've got left here is we could sit here, like I said, talk about everything you've done with Alabama, talk about everything that you've done with me. But what's important to me about you, Greg, is the kind of person you are. And I think that's what we tend to talk about here on Good Company is that you've been married for how long to Shirley now? Uh, 42 years. 42 years. You know, we talked to my grandparents. <laughs> we talked to my grandparents.
3: Let me do the math on that. <laughs> yeah,
1: 42 years. Yeah, we I talked to my grandparents uh about their marriage of 70 years and and asked them how they did it, you know, and they they gave us the, their insight on that and um I just I think it's important for those out there that are listening that might not necessarily be in the music business but are that kind of father that has to travel each week or they spend time away from their kids. And um, I've not only watched you be the utmost professional out on the road and, and help me and, and Alabama for that matter, become the, the artist and, and do the, excuse me, do the things that we've done. But to me, what is so just unbelievably appealing about you, Greg, is, is the kind of father that you've always been. And, The kind of husband that you've been to your wife. And I just thought maybe you could share maybe some thoughts on how you've maintained that over the years for those out there that deal with the same thing, that deal with, you know, maybe being away from their husband or wife. for three, four days a week and come home and then go back, go from work to Insta dad, you know? And I know there's times you've, you've talked about how I, I, and now I bring this up not, not to break your heart again, but I know you've told me about how you still hurts your, hurts you sometimes when Jordan, your, your pretty little daughter, was homecoming queen, Fort Payne, Alabama, and you weren't there to see her be. And I wish I could have been there. For... there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, old John Anderson. Old John. But uh, I, I'm talking a lot here. I'll let you speak. But I, I just there's so much that intrigues me about you, Greg, and the kind of person you are and, and why I love being around you. And thought you could share some insight with those out there on how you can always maintain your job and do the best as you do and show how you do it but also be an unbelievable father figure and a husband.
3: Well, you set the bar really high there, buddy. I can, <laughs> promise, I can promise you that. Oh, and oh, by the way, after further review, I've been married almost 46 years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> after further review, uh, was Shirley standing right there with her hands like going, four, six, Greg, four, six.
3: <laughs> I had to do the quick math on that one, but no, it First of all, I give credit to Charlie, for for so much of it because, as you know, you're you're a parent. You know, you have a beautiful daughter, Pearl, and and when you're on the road, you miss a lot of things. But the reason you're on the road is to be able to provide for your family and to take care of them. Of your children and, and your, and your spouse or or, or whomever. And, and it just makes, it's not always easy. Certainly. I mean, I know growing up, we had twins at home and I'm on the road. And when older Jay, our oldest son was, he was, you know, maybe 12 and the kids were born. And, and it was just a, it was tough, you know, because we were traveling a lot at the time and still do for that matter. But You know, there was, and then as the kids were, they're getting sick, somebody's got to take them to the doctor, you know, and, or school events going on, there's homework, there's, there's just things that are part of a family's life as you have children and, and they continue to grow. And it's not without a great deal of sacrifice, certainly on, on everyone's part, but I specifically credit that to her and to anyone who's in that position, whether you're on the road as a as an in a band or an artist or a traveling individual or or especially you know folks in our folks in the military i mean nothing speaks louder than that and the sacrifices that have to be done and i was very fortunate to have a support group (laughs) my wife and sometimes some neighbors would help out you know when she had to do things as well and and that enabled me to do my job and to do it with with good conscience that I was doing the right thing as far as trying to, you know, provide and take care of my family. And at the same time, I couldn't have done it, I don't think without the help that I was getting back home and the support I was getting back home and, and you know, what it was, homework with the kids, you know, PTA meetings, things that I just couldn't be there for. And, and you know, and it just, it speaks volumes about having someone to, to help you, to help you make, dreams come true really
1: yeah. and
3: uh, as i said i couldn't have done it without her well you
1: definitely have a have a great wife and surely i've seen throughout all these years how she supported you and uh, may, hey you know what maybe maybe greg part of the reason you've been married so long is because you have been gone all the time <laughs> uh,
3: well no it's true <laughs> oh listen trust me yes amen to that my friend yeah we've had that discussion too because uh, sometimes when we're not on the road you know during the holidays or whatever we're off for a couple of months, you know, a month or so, it's like, she's going, like, uh, you think it's about time to go back out? (laughs) 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 Everyone, well, you know, we all have our lives, you know, collectively and individually and, and regimens and schedules and, and, and so forth. Um, so yeah, sometimes you can get a little, you can be in the kitchen too long, you know, but it's always (laughs) good to go and it's great to come back. You
1: know. Well, I, uh, I know she probably loves loves seeing you, man, when you come home as much as I like seeing you when you hop on the bus and we head out of town. It's, it reminds me of that old song, ironically enough, that I sat here uh, my last podcast with my good old buddy Larry Fleet, and we sang that song called The Conversation, and, oh. uh, and he says... Um, about old Hank, he's like, you know, he'd be the first one on a bus and ready to ride, and so that's like you, Greg, man. You're 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 like old Hank, the first one on the bus and ready to ride every time.
3: Yeah, like straight, an old troubadour, you know. I'm, I'm that guy too, you know. But but I got to say something too, man. If I could, um, and I can because <laughs> I got the phone, but. <laughs> You also, and I, and I mean this. You, as I said, we were at St. Jude this weekend, and there are a lot of artists there that have come along since you've gotten your record deal, and and they look up to you too, man. They look, they look to Jake Owen for advice and want to know what, what can I do? How can I do this? And uh, I think sometimes we forget our place in the in the in the royal order of life, and you are very well respected in this industry man and, and and people i i know i spoke with drake white i spoke with him and lance and some of these guys that that are have been you know on the scene much less than you have and and dude they they want to know well, how does jake owen do it and wow. uh and to your credit man you you're well respected in this industry as well
1: sir well thanks man like i said earlier uh it's good company i've got good people around me that uh help me each and every day and you and my friend are uh, are one of those folks that's right there beside me along the way and I can't thank you enough for all the years that, that you've given me and we've uh, got a lot ahead of us. that's for sure too. I mean it's funny to think after all these years, 13 years on the road together, I've I've seen your hair get a little bit more gray and uh, <laughs> and I, I I've earned a couple in my chin. I'm starting to get a couple coming in every now and then in the chin region. Uh, yeah, like a
3: lab, like a black
1: lab. Yeah. yeah Like a black <laughs> lab, man. But I, I, I started this, this podcast. Um, I was very thankful when my friend, um, Mr. Bobby Bones asked me, um, he said, man, I think you've got a lot to say. And I think you've got things you can share with people. And uh, when he said that, it really flattered. It was really flattering for me because I thought to myself, you know what, I do have a lot to share that I'd love for people out there to hear about more than what they get to see us do on a daily basis on the road just get out of a tour bus walk on stage sound check sing wave to the crowd see you later you know there there's a lot about our lives that are so special Um, and I have been able to spend a bunch of special moments with you you've helped me earn a lot of those special moments and um, I can't thank you enough for the time that you've given me today to talk to me I can't thank you enough for the time that you've given me throughout my career and uh, I hope you uh Tell Shirley back down home there in Alabama. Hope you're getting some good home cooking while you're down there. We're, we're back at it on the road here shortly. So I uh, I love you, man. And uh, like I said, we could have talked for hours on everything that you've accomplished in your life. But I thought it was just going to be fun to chat with you and connect people out there that have seen you side stage. They've seen me pull you up on stage and sing Alabama songs throughout the years. But um, there's nobody, man, on this earth that's more proud to have you uh, as a friend than I am, and uh, and, I, and I love you, man. You're like a second dad to me, and I appreciate everything you've ever given me.
3: Well, man, I appreciate you saying that, too, and and I really do. And, it, and likewise, my friend. I, I wanted to say one thing, too, while I was thinking about it, and I, I missed it earlier. When I left, I, I didn't leave Alabama. We farewelled. We were pretty much done and had the opportunity to, to go to work with you. And Keith Gale, who's your current manager, who is the manager – was the guy that I spoke with. Uh, you just played in Portland. You'd done a, a a guitar pull, I think, a radio event in Portland, Oregon. And Keith, I asked Keith, I said, Keith, do you think? Um, what do you think of Jake, man? I mean, there's an opportunity there, but I don't really know him. He doesn't know me. And Keith said, I think it would be a big mistake if you didn't take the opportunity. If you have the opportunity to go to work with Jake Owen. and so that sealed the deal for me, man. And then, as it would luck would have it. Parker Fowler, uh, worked under Keith at, at uh, Sony.
1: That's your son. He, has, uh,
3: he was his guy, my son, who's now with Triple Tigers in, in Nashville. And they've got a Russell Dickerson song that they're moving up the charts pretty well. But Shout
1: out, Russell Dickerson. Yeah,
3: shout out, Russell. And now it's funny how things work because Keith Gale was also one of those gentlemen who was instrumental in the early, early days of the St. Jude country cares radio program when he was in in philadelphia so it's just it's ironic how things find their way in in and out of our lives and uh shout out to kg again too because he's somebody that's been in my life for a long time and and he's in our lives and and here we are it's it's, it is it is a family and it is good company and you have a, a great team around you and i couldn't be more proud to be considered a part of the jake owen family
1: well, I appreciate you, buddy, and I look forward to seeing you soon when we uh, when we get back out there. And uh, we, as we started this talking about charity work, we you know we've chatted recently about you and I really. Um, you know, really getting even more involved with our foundation and building up some more areas where we're able to raise awareness, raise dollars. And, and as you mentioned with other artists and people, getting them involved and teaching them how they can be helpful for raising awareness for these charitable causes. Uh, it's about, it's about what we do with our lives and the legacy we leave, not, not the smoke and mirrors and the lights and sm- and everything that we, that y'all see out on the road. But, uh, I love you, man. Thank you so much for taking time to chat with us on the Good Company podcast. You are definitely good company, Greg Fowler. Well,
3: oh, thank you, Jake Owen, and so are you, my friend.
1: Oh, man. Well, uh, I know you're the you're the, you're the the Auburn, Alabama guy, so War Eagle to you down there, and maybe you'll get him <laughs> next year.
3: Well, thanks, buddy. We're trying. It's always the next year, but we're going to get them. So we'll get them.
1: All right. Say hey to the fam down there. If you see those boys from Alabama running around Fort Payne, tell them uh, old Jake said hey.
3: Well, I will, and uh, Randy also, speaking of that, Randy told me to tell you the same uh, when we were together on Saturday night in Memphis, so there you have it.
1: Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'll see you soon, buddy. All right, boss. Thank you, All right. Sure. See you later. All right. Bye, y'all. See you, buddy. Well, that was uh, pretty special. I I uh, love that guy. Like I said, I can't, I can't express enough how he's really been like a second father to me on the road, and for a kid like myself that was 23 years old when I got my record deal, I still feel like I'm 23 in a way, maybe uh, maturity-wise. I don't know. I feel like I'm growing up as as much as I can uh, year after year. But I learn a lot. I've learned so much from him. I, I've had, uh, you know, what a lot of people don't understand is uh, when you get on a bus, like he said, and you ride down the road, That's those are the times where you really reflect. You reflect on the show you just played. You talk about where you're going, where you've been, where you want to go. And uh, Greg has been there for me through all those times, and we've chatted about— you know, our life goals together and, and, and how we can be better as human beings. And um, I'm thankful. And I think everybody out there should uh, be thankful for those kinds of friends that they have in their life. And that truly is good company. Appreciate y'all again tuning in. This is Jake Wolfley.
0: This is Malcolm Gladwell
3: from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride.